a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I have a great aunt who is in a long-term care facility. She is now the matriarch of our family, the uh, the oldest uh, living person in our family. And she uh, is strong, and she is funny, and when you get her on the phone, she tells you jokes. She's a letter writer. She is sharp of mind and of spirit, and she is right now in a long-term care facility. She is in St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri, and there have yet to be uh, any positive cases of the coronavirus uh, in her facility. I'll tell you what, though, each and every day, my whole family, we have one of these big, long text message kind of threads going, and every day, multiple times daily, uh, we're checking in on Aunt Lorraine. We get updates on how she's doing, how she's feeling. Uh, we sometimes get pictures from those living close, taking pictures of her through the window. Uh, the, the facility itself has been very kind to post on social media uh, various videos and pictures of how life is being lived inside this facility. And it's all happy and smiles for now. We hope that that continues. But there is an ever-present fear among those who certainly are living inside and working inside these long-term care facilities, as well as those living outside who have loved ones inside. As we have, over the past number of weeks and months now, been hearing updated information from state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn as she delivers her situational updates rooted in the data, number of positive cases, and the heartbreaking number which has been slowly but surely creeping upwards, the total number of deaths, the total number of Utahns who have lost their lives as a result of the coronavirus. She has most recently made it known to us that over half of those who have lost their lives here in Utah due to the coronavirus have been residents of long-term care facilities. When that information started to trickle out, the natural question asked by so many reporters was, okay, hey, uh, which facilities are we talking about here? Where, where, Where are these deaths taking place? Where are these positive cases of the coronavirus happening? And just last week, the Utah Department of Health did publish data for the first time showing some of the nursing homes, senior care centers, and similar facilities with COVID-19 cases. Producer Amy and I uh, quickly went to work trying to track down anyone who works there, who resides in one of these facilities, or is the loved one of someone inside one of these facilities. Amy, this morning, has spent uh, her time on the phone with some of these folks and had uh, some some intense conversations about the intense circumstances surrounding the, the people and the loved ones and the family members who are living inside these facilities. 
Specifically this morning, uh, or I'm sorry, yesterday she spoke, Amy did, to uh, Monica Higgins, whose father is in St. Joseph Villa in Salt Lake City. Amy's first question of Miss Higgins was, what happened when someone tested positive? She talks about a nurse, Miss Higgins does, about a nurse who kept in contact with her and the entire family. Somebody at the center tested positive, and as soon as they tested positive, she said that they removed them from the building. I guess they moved them to another facility, and um, she told us where they where the person was that was in um, that tested positive, and it was somebody in another wing in the full care side. And so she said that they were testing everyone there in the full care side, and that all of the people in assisted living were going to have to stay in their room and they would be bringing meals into them instead of them going to the um, dining hall. Here in Utah, this is a point I, I repeat over and over and over, and it's important because it does set us apart from the majority of the United States. Here in the state of Utah, we're not living under an order. We're not living under the threat of law enforcement hauling us away or fining us or putting us in handcuffs uh, should we violate any of the guidelines or suggestions or any of the advice handed down by the COVID-19 Community Task Force or any of the various health departments. There are some there are some orders that do carry with it the force of law in some regions, but for the most part here in the state of Utah, and we are different because of this, we are peculiar and unique in our uh, approach to this coronavirus battle. We're in that we're able to maintain our, our freedom and liberty and our own free will to exercise this good common sense. So wh why do I bring that up in this context? It is because it is because these folks that are living in these long-term care facilities, you know, they could leave. If you're listening right now and you've got your mom or your dad or your grandma or aunt so-and-so who's living in one of these long-term care facilities, you could drive up pick them up and take them home. But that would endanger their lives, and that may endanger the lives of others. And you, due to your good wisdom and prudence and common sense and understanding of the advice that's been handed down, are resisting that. Amy spoke with this Monica Higgins, whose father is in St. Joseph Villa, about this very question and the discussion surrounding the decision to keep him inside this facility during the pandemic. He's an Alzheimer's patient, and Alzheimer's, they do really bad. Their, any changes to their, life, to their life can actually completely take him down a step or a level two, or, you know, I mean, with his Alzheimer's. And so right now, I mean, he's really confused with what's going on, but he kind of understands. And if we would have moved him out of there, I think it would have, I think it really would have affected his mind and you know, his health. I, I just don't think he could get the, the care that he's getting there. And so we all decided that for the, it's for the best for him, not what's good for us, but what's good for him is to leave him there because we felt like they were doing everything they possibly could to keep him uh, free of, you know, the chance of getting coronavirus. Did you hear Miss Higgins' rationale there? The decision that she and her loved ones made as a family for the benefit of her father was solely for the benefit of her father. It's got to pain her to be away from dad and all the rest of the family. It's got to be difficult knowing that dad is in a facility where there's some coronavirus going about. 
and he at his advanced age is at greater risk to experience some potentially severe complications should he contract the coronavirus. But the Higgins family has let common sense prevail. That's a very good thing. Last question asked by uh, producer Amy of Miss Higgins was, uh, given the virus, was she happy with how St. Joseph's has been handling everything? We couldn't be happier with where he's at. We, we feel 100% that they are doing everything they possibly can to keep him safe. I tell this story and I share in particular that last piece of audio not to you know, advertise St. Joseph's or any of the other areas uh, or any of the other long-term care facilities which have experienced uh, active cases of the coronavirus, but rather to remind you that the men and women who staff these places, they each day put their own lives at risk. They each day suit up and keep your loved ones comfortable and happy as they and we endure something very scary. So take a moment and think about those types of folks this week, the ones working and living in long-term care facilities. That is exactly where the coronavirus is being felt the heaviest. That's where the toll is being taken, in these long-term care facilities. At least that's the case here in the state of Utah. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to revisit the story of the Colin Ray concert. There was a city council meeting in Kaysville yesterday. They held it over Zoom. And Mayor Witt, Mayor Katie Witt, offered an apology. I'm going to share with you that apology next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.